0: Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football, whether it's season long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or sometimes even IDP. We got you covered all year long. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get to it. Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. And of course, I'm your host, John June. And you already know, solo pod this week. But on Monday we get our man's Greg Penniman back and we'll be rocking and rolling like uh like just how we how we have been. But you know what? I've been holding it down. I you know I in off season I do these solos, so this is nothing to me. I'm I'm a profession now. But anyways, episode two oh three week six game previews part two gonna cover the remaining slated games uh, going to obviously give out starts of the week and going to play some get money. But before that, there was a football game that was played recently. Got to talk about it. So um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers end up defeating the Philadelphia Eagles uh, by a score of 28 to 22. A couple takeaways for me. Uh, I'm gonna start with just Leonard Fournette, man. I mean, he is—he's just balling right now since the playoffs last year, since the Super Bowl, and and I have to admit, like I was—I was wrong, uh, and and that was bad process by me because, um, you know, Leonard having seen the momentum that Leonard Fournette had carried into from the postseason. Obviously, they try to make Ronald Jones the lead back, but this offense needs a running back, right, that can do multiple things, that can run the football, that can be a presence there in the pass game for Tom Brady. And Leonard Fournette is that. I mean, he's been that throughout his career. He was that in Jacksonville. And so just logically, like, it makes sense, right? The big back who can catch the football can be the early down back as well as the third down back. I mean. I have to admit, man, I I was wrong and I I wish I had more Leonard Fournette because I don't have any. Uh, I have one share in like a dynasty league and that was because I needed or was doing uh you know like a a uh, expansion draft or not expansion draft but uh you know a free agent draft or whatever it is you know you had some teams come in and and uh you know have have a pool of players and and draft so. Uh, I I ended up taking Leonard Fournette like last year and and I and I hated having him. But this year he's been awesome. And, um, you know, obviously this matchup was good. Like we talked about the matchup uh, last week was good, too. Uh, Like I had. Well, like I would have wanted to mention if I was here. But uh, Leonard Fournette is on one right now. And I think we just got to keep rolling him out there. He plays in one of the best offenses in football. He's playing really, really well right now. He's getting the goal line work as well. He's getting receptions. I mean, he had six targets in the past game here for six receptions, 46 yards to go along with the 81 yards rushing on 22 carries. That's a uh, Tampa Bay, uh, well, that's a high for him since he's been in Tampa Bay. Uh, So I think previously it was 20. They said on the broadcast, but anyway, also adds two rushing touchdowns. So this guy is just a. He volume is king, and he's getting it right now. Twenty seven total touches, or twenty eight total touches in this game. And the Bucks are going to be in favorable game script a lot more often than not, right? So Leonard Fournette will be the he he will be the guy closing out these games. Obviously Ronald Jones, five five carries. Um, Giovanni Bernard, he's going to have you know only had two targets. Uh, but he's going to have his role in those high-scoring games, those games where you see the Bucks playing a negative game script. But until I think Leonard Fournette, barring any kind of injury or whatever, is going to be, you know, a, a top 12 running back in fantasy this year. Uh, other takeaways, uh, Antonio Brown is back, right? Uh, I mean, he, Greg has been saying it. Uh, again and time and time again, all off season, like I mean he's the best receiver that he's ever seen and uh you know Antonio Brown had obviously some things going on uh, off the field, you know, and so you know affected his ability to to actually be available to play. but when he's played, especially this year, he's been Antonio Brown. I mean think about last year, right? he comes in to a team about halfway through the season only plays eight games. You know, ends up getting almost 500 yards and in the postseason is one of their best weapons. I mean, he is everything that you want right now in fantasy. I mean, he's the Antonio Brown of old 13 targets, nine catches, 93 yards and a touchdown. I mean, he's going to continue to see this volume every every single week. Um, How about O.J. Howard coming back? Right. I, I mean, seven targets, six catches. 40 49 yards and a touchdown. I mean, uh Gronkowski's going to come back soon, so interesting to see how this tight end situation breaks out, but uh it definitely curious there. Um and then Chris Godwin did not have oh him and Mike Evans did not have a game there. So, uh I know I called for the Chris God, the Chris Godwin 100 yards and a touchdown did not happen. Uh but obviously, you know, these guys are going to continue to play them, but I think Antonio Brown has taken that mantle as the wide receiver one in this offense. I think that it's, it's very clear. Uh, I think Godwin and Evans, they're going to, uh, you know, seesaw back and forth in terms of who's going to have productive games. And I mean, you had a game here where Godwin has the more productive game than Evans, but they, neither one of them was really productive here. So uh, I think this is an offense where, It goes through Tom Brady, it goes through Leonard Fournette, and it it, obviously goes through Antonio Brown in terms of the volume. I think those touchdowns, right? Evans is always going to be in play for those touchdowns, but I think Godwin is probably the odd man out because he's not getting a ton of red zone targets, he's not getting a ton of targets, and Godwin's the type of player he needs that volume. Uh, in order to be, I mean, Evans can make Evans can have three catches on the day and he, he'll, he could still finish as a wide receiver one in fantasy. Right. But like Godwin needs volume in order to be productive. So he probably gets, yeah, he, I guess he is going to get a downgrade going forward for me, probably more as like a low end wide receiver two, closer to a wide receiver three. While Evans will be a wide receiver two with that wide receiver one upside because of his touchdown potential. Now let's over, let's flip over to the Philly side and Jalen hurts from a football perspective. It was not pretty, uh, 12 of 26, 115 yards, one touchdown, one interception, um, did add 10 carries for 44 yards and two rushing touchdowns. I mean, he made it a game. I mean, that's what I'll say about Jalen hurts, man. I mean, he is a baller. He's a gamer, um, Does he always throw the most accurate passes? No, I don't think he's that great of a passer, Uh, but he brings so much with his athleticism and his legs uh, that I think that he can always have games like this where they were down 28 to seven at one point, the the Philadelphia Eagles were, and he brought it back within six, right? But uh, you could also argue that there were some missed opportunities in that game, which, you know, you could have and you could end up, uh, you know, not being in a twenty eight seven hole. So, you know, it's 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 hand in hand. And I think obviously Jalen Hurts is still I mean, he's still young. He's still developing. I mean, this is a guy that you know, he started at Alabama. Uh, then he was a backup. Then he ends up at Oklahoma, starts there has only started 10, 10, games in the, in the, in the NFL. So I think that you have to continue to let him grow. Uh, I know people want to kill him, like not obviously not kill him, but they want to like kill him on Twitter and, and uh, in the media and things like that. Uh, and obviously I will say like, from a dynasty perspective, I'm not all that into Jalen hurts. I mean, I, I do have a share too, but, there's a there's a fine line where you understand that he has to get better as a passer. And Philadelphia is in a situation where they can end up with three top ten picks in the NFL draft. So you'd have to imagine. I mean, could they go out and get a quarterback in that draft? Possibly. And that's, that's in the range of outcomes there. So you know, could you, you could also draft assets and build around Jalen Hurts, right? So I I think this is an evaluation year for Jalen Hurts. And I just don't know if he'll make the, I don't know if he will, if by year, by the year end, I mean, there's no one to turn to, right? In terms of the quarterback room. I mean, you're not giving this job to Joe Flacco, but I think that this is an evaluation year, and so at the end of the day, like you have to ask yourself, do you see Jalen Hurts becoming a consistently good passer? And that's 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 a question I don't think we have the answer to yet. So, but if if uh, if you are on that side where you think Jalen Hurts is going to be a great passer, then from a dynasty perspective, then you got to be all in on Jalen Hurts. I'm a little skeptical, so. I I I I like to ride the fence because I I want to win now, but at what moment does it? Do I do I completely? Because it it could like that value could just evaporate, you know. So I mean, there's also the possibility too that if the team, you know, if Jay, if you know, Jalen Hurts probably could request a trade or something and her team could come out and and seek out Jalen Hurts's services and try to trade for him. So, I mean, maybe the dynasty, the dynasty value could live on that way, too. So something to think about. Um, I know we're in redraft mode, but, you know, like, you know, like to have these conversations sometimes. But the Eagles running back situation, I was completely off on Kenneth Gainwell, thought he would be a great play. Ends up getting uh, two targets here. I, again, just doesn't make sense. But Miles Sanders, he was he was fantasy not I don't even say viable, but you know he led the backfield in touches. Uh, I don't I hope we didn't play him. I mean he he didn't do a ton. Uh, I think it was less than ten PPR points if I'm not mistaken. But um, Either way, he's a guy that I I don't know what you do with him right now. Yeah, 8.6 PPR points. I don't know what you do with Miles Sanders, right? Like, do you – you can't trade him because no one wants him. Uh, You don't want him. You probably can't even start him. Uh, I think he's probably a matchup – he's probably a matchup-dependent RB3. And that's probably where I'll put him Uh, because it's just – it's tough. It really is with him. Uh, Devontae Smith, I thought that would be – this would be a great game for him. Unfortunately, that did not happen. But how about the Eagles getting 95 yards in pass interference penalties? So, you know, some of these opportunities for him and Quez Watkins, who actually did lead the Eagles receivers in targets, actually had a really good game from a – you know – considering all the circumstances drew a PI uh, had another uh, pass catching the end zone that wasn't a catch it only got one foot in but it was still a great catch um, and he you know should have been that should have been a PI but they didn't call that but uh, I think Quez Watkins is continuing to have a a role here in this Eagles offense that uh, I think as they get into games where You know, they're going to be in shootouts. I think Quez Watkins is definitely going to be, you know, a decent shot in your flex. How about that? Deep leagues, flex option. I think he can can definitely bring that there. Um, Let's move on. And we already broke down the 1 p.m. games, and so that was in part one episode 202 so if you missed any of those 1 p.m games if you want to if you particularly want to listen about those 1 p.m games you go back and listen to that or if you're watching on youtube you can obviously go back and watch that but we're going to cover the remaining games here uh, starting with the 5-0 Arizona Cardinals traveling to Cleveland to take on the 3-2 and Cleveland Browns I have to I just have to say I know it's week six a lot of things can happen but I was absolutely wrong about the Arizona Cardinals. I was absolutely wrong about Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, I I picked them to p- to finish last in the division. I thought that they, um I thought that I didn't think that they would make, I thought the improvements that they made on defense were, were more cosmetic. And I didn't think that their defense would actually get better, but they've been one of the better defenses in the league uh, through five weeks. And, yeah, I was wrong. So I'm willing to say that I, I'm willing to admit that. Uh, again, a lot of things can happen, but through five through five weeks, through five games, five weeks of football, I feel like I was wrong. So let's just put that out there. Now, moving on to the actual game, the five and zero Arizona Cardinals traveling to Cleveland to take on the three and two Cleveland Browns. This is a fifty one and a half point total. Uh, the Cleveland Brown's are two and a half point favorites in terms of the weather. there's actually some rain and some wind expected in this game, so be mindful of that when you are targeting the pass game uh you know be on the lookout for how much wind is actually going to be in this game at kickoff because that might affect the ability of some uh down the field passes right these deep attempts that could be affected by the wind so um. Chase Edmonds, in terms of injuries, Chase Edmonds is questionable. He was a limited limited participant in practice with a shoulder injury. Kyler Murray, he was also limited uh, with a shoulder, uh, which is definitely concerning because we know he dealt with a shoulder injury last year. And that impacted his running. And so if Kyler Murray, when Kyler Murray wasn't running, uh, he limited that ceiling that he has in fantasy. And so be mindful of that. Um, or no, not be mindful of it, just something to watch going forward. Yeah. You know, something, you know, if, if, if there's a trend to notice here because he shows up on the injury report with the shoulder injury and something to definitely think about, uh, Deandre Hopkins did not practice on Thursday with a, um, with an illness. So, uh, I think he's going to be okay, but he, he's definitely, um, you know, he's definitely an Iron Man. He's he's played through, you know, a lot of injuries and things like that. So I'm I'm I I think we're good to say that D Hop should be good to go. Uh Chandler Jones, edge rusher for the Arizona Cardinals, is out with an illness. Uh Rodney Hudson, the center, he is out with a rib injury. Uh and then on the Cleveland side, big, big news. Um Nick Chubb is out with a calf injury. So that's unfortunate there for Chubb uh, managers. Um, obviously, Kareem Hunt, if you have him, you are already going to start him. Uh, but he's now in locked and loaded RB1 territory. But he's he's also dealing with injuries himself. He's got a wrist and a knee injury. So be be mindful of that there with, with uh, Kareem Hunt. I believe the next guy in the backfield is Dearness Johnson. I know Demetrius Felton has been getting a lot of uh, hype, but he's more of like a gadget type player running back wide receiver guy. I think Dearness Johnson is probably the guy that would fill in if something were to happen to Kareem Hunt or, um or obviously Nick Chubb long-term. Um, Malcolm Smith linebacker is also out. Um David Njoku is dealing with a knee injury and then um Jarvis Landry is he's uh eligible to be activated uh, on on Friday. Uh, they designated him to return, so they can he, he can actually play on Sunday against the Cardinals. Um I I'm more of the frame of mind of like, I'd rather pick up like an Amon Ross St. Brown and, and, and start him this week and, and wait and see what happens with Landry and how does he breaks into this offense? And yes, I have Goku on my shirt. Uh, cause you know, we're, we are initiated and informed over here. Unlike some people who may not be Dragon Ball Z fans, but neither here nor there. Um, Moving on to the game here. I'm going to take the under. We're going to take the Arizona Cardinals to cover. I'm going to take the Arizona Cardinals to win. Kyler, obviously QB1. Uh, If Edmonds can go, I prefer him over James Conner. But uh, if Edmonds doesn't go, then obviously James Conner is in there. And then James Conner is definitely a a viable option as a flex player flex play I mean again I do have them winning so he's he's definitely in line to score a touchdown there so definitely if you are especially with bye weeks and everything if you're hurting uh, James Conner is not a crazy uh a crazy play to make right so uh DeAndre Hopkins of course playing him Rondell Moore has seen his usage go up so you know if, if I'm, I'm into him as a flex option over uh you know, Christian Kirk or A.J. Green. Kareem Hunt, again, fills in for Nick Chubb as that RB1 here. So, you you know, I I believe that it will be uh, the the, the Kareem Hunt show in terms of how the Browns generate offense. I mean, I don't – not really into Baker Mayfield, not really into – The passing game at all here for for Cleveland again. Arizona has been good. I know Chandler Jones is out, so that could impact them a little bit. But uh, I took the under here. I I just I I know that there's this game comes with a lot of hype, but I just don't feel. I mean, look, the Browns put up forty two points last week, so they could, but and we know Arizona can. But again, at the end of the day, I just I don't I I just don't I'm just not into this this Cleveland offense outside of cream hunt. So that'll be it for me. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but that's, that's what it is. But moving on to the next matchup here, the Las Vegas Raiders, three and two Las Vegas Raiders traveling to Denver to take on a three and two Denver Broncos, 44 and a half point over under the Broncos are three point favorites. The weather is okay here. Um, Melvin Gordon, he's questionable with a hip. Josh Jacobs is dealing with an illness for the Raiders, but uh, seems like he will be good to go there. I am. So obviously, you know, the Raiders are dealing with the aftermath of the John Gruden situation. Um, Obviously, everyone, I'm sure everyone knows what happened with John Gruden and the email situation, which has led to him uh, resigning as the head coach of the Raiders. Um, the special teams coordinator, Rich, I, f- I forget his name, Vasalia, I, I- I'm s- apologize if I mispronounced your name. I'm sure you're listening, but um, is taken over as the head coach. This is, and I know Mike Mayock, the GM, came out and he spoke and and you know talked about how the Raiders are three and two and you know all these things, but uh, John Gruden was the head coach, and he was the play caller for this team. Uh, I know, obviously, Derek Carr, he's ingrained in the system. The offensive uh, staff is probably probably not going to change much uh, in terms of what they do offensively, but this is a lot to deal with. And so, you know, their first game back with this situation, uh, you know, I'm going. I, I'm just. I'm gonna go with the under here. Gonna go with the Denver Broncos to cover. Gonna go with the Denver Broncos to win. I, you know, in terms of the fantasy stuff. I think Teddy B, streamable option versus a very beatable Las Vegas Raiders secondary. Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick both playable, especially Sutton, who has wide receiver one upside. Noah Fant also in a great spot as well. And then on the running back side for the running back situation for Denver, I'm very much into Javante Williams. Um, you know, again, he's he's this close. He's this close to breaking out. Um, he had a great game last week against Pittsburgh. He, he this game they have some positive game script, potentially. I mean, he's going to he, he's he's in a really great spot here to break out. So he's again. He's this close and I think I think we get that this week. Uh also Melvin Gordon, a, a wonderful RB two option here. Uh again against the Raiders defense that uh, is not is has not been they they you know they played well to start the year, but they just haven't been all that great. And I think uh Melvin Gordon is in a nice spot here as well. So uh I'm again I'm willing to stay away from all Raiders that are not named Darren Waller. Uh, with the John with the John Gruden situation again, willing I want to see how this team responds to it first. Uh, but Darren Waller is the only must start Raider for me. Moving on to the next game, we've got the four and one Dallas Cowboys traveling to New England to take on the two and three New England Patriots. This game has a forty eight and a half point over under. The Dallas Cowboys are four point favorites. In terms of the injuries here, or in terms of the weather, the weather's supposed to be okay um but in terms of the in terms of the injuries uh the Dallas Cowboys are dealing with a few a few injuries here, but uh seems like some of their guys are gonna play, but they have also Trayvon Diggs, who is a game time decision with an ankle injury um, Tyron Smith is questionable with a neck injury. Uh, They have Randy Gregory, who's dealing with a a knee injury. He's questionable. So a bunch of guys on defense that are questionable and will be a game time decision. And Trayvon Diggs, that's huge. Trayvon Diggs is playing some phenomenal football right now. Uh, He leads the league in interceptions, but six through five games has had at least one interception in every game. So he's on his way to having a really good season right now. And, 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 so, you know, definitely would be a blow if he can't play. But uh, I think this Dallas defense is good enough. I mean, they're banged up, but I think they're good enough, um, you know, Micah Parsons and Leighton Van Der Esch and company to, uh, to make some – to still, you know, play well in his absence. And so uh, Ezekiel Elliott, he is questionable with a rib injury, but I think he's – you know, we expect him to play. Um, on the New England side – Damien Harris, he's questionable with a rib injury as well. Uh, Curious, I mean, not curious. Everyone else on the New England Patriots is questionable. Uh, Sean Wade, though, the cornerback, he's out with a concussion. Uh, Shaq Mason, he's out with an abdomen injury. But other than that, uh, oh, and I guess Trent Brown, I guess I I missed this. Trent Brown was placed on injured reserve uh, with a calf injury. And... So, uh, yeah, you know, other than that, they have a few guys questionable. But in terms of the game here, going to take the over, going to take Dallas to cover, going to take Dallas to win. Uh, Dallas pieces are all in play for me. Dak, Zeke, uh, Dalton Schultz, who's been really good as a tight end option. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, uh, even, you know, Tony Pollard is a flex option for me this week. Uh, For the New England side, uh, Mac Jones, QB2 in super flex leagues. Uh, Hunter Henry is definitely in a nice spot to finish as a tight end one option. Uh, I, I think Jacoby Myers, he he should see target volume and should escape Trayvon Diggs for the most part by lining up in the slot. I'm iffy on Damian Harris with the ribs and the fumbling and whatnot. But um. so, I mean, I would have Ramon Stevenson on my bench ahead of this game for sure. Uh, Brandon Bolden. He's been he's assumed a lot of the pass catching responsibilities in New England. He makes for a reasonable desperation play in PPR leagues. I, you're speaking to someone that picked up Brandon Bolden and was prepared to start him uh, in a league. I have Nick Chubb. Uh, he went out. Unex- I, I did not expect Nick Chubb to be out. I, you know, I thought that he would. He would. You know, the two of them arrest days. But eventually, whatever. Besides the point, he's not playing. I needed somebody. I didn't have anybody on my bench. I got Cordero Patterson on by. I was just like, I had no idea what to do. So I went, picked up Brandon Bolden, uh, put him in my starting lineup. Fortunately for me, unfortunately for for Chris Carson and the um, Chris Carson managers out there, Chris Carson ended up going on IR with the neck injury. I picked up Alex Collins for a dollar and that was before he went on IR. So, uh seems like I'm okay there. Alex Collins we'll talk about him next, but um Brandon Bolden makes for a definitely a reasonable flex play RB2 option, especially with the peep with the uh bye weeks here. Uh, I think that, you know, we can definitely look to that. In terms of the yeah, I, I I'm just curious to see this game. I know that Dallas has played poorly against New England in the past. Like obviously that was Tom Brady and the New England Patriots, but Bill Belichick's still there. I'm curious to see if if the Dallas Cowboys are going to be a playoff team, they, they you you've got to beat this two and three New England team that is uh it's not better than you. So you you yeah, I'm I'm curious to see if they can You know, I I would want to see them cover more than this four-point spread here. Um, Moving on to this next game, the two and three Seattle Seahawks traveling to Pittsburgh to take on the two and three Pittsburgh Steelers. This is a forty-two and a half point total. The Pittsburgh Steelers are four and a half point favorites in terms of this game here. Or there is some light rain expected. Uh, In terms of the injuries, we obviously know Russell Wilson. Uh, he's dealing with that finger injury. He's going. He went to the IR, so he'll miss at least three weeks, uh, but the initial timeline was six to eight weeks. Um, Chris Carson was also placed on IR with that neck injury, so again, he will miss at least three weeks, but it, it could potentially be more because they said, again, he was dealing with a long-term neck injury. Um, Rashad Penny is eligible to return to practice next week, and so... Uh, he's been designated a return from injury reserve. And he was dealing with a calf injury, so that'll be interesting, right, because Chris Carson is out. Alex Collins is the lead back right now, so it'll be interesting to see what happens to Penny. If you have an IR spot, I think it makes sense to just stash Penny and see what happens. Um, in terms of uh, other injuries, Cedric uh, 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 Ogabui, uh, the offensive tackle for the Seattle Seahawks has been ruled out in this game against the Steelers. Uh Gerald Everett is is also out. Uh, oh no, sorry, he's been reinstated uh from the COVID list. So it seems like he'll make his return. Um and then in terms of the Steelers side, we obviously know Juju Smith Schuster. He was dealing with that season ending shoulder injury so his uh you know season ending sh- uh, shoulder surgery uh anthony McFarland, who was dealing who's on ir returned to practice uh so he seems like he might be on track to uh compete to back up Najee harris defensive tackle carlos davis he's been ruled out of sunday's game with a knee injury uh and Moving on to the game here. I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take Seattle to cover four and a half. I don't feel so great about that anymore. That I just read off this injury report. Oh, Bobby Wagner also questionable with the knee. Um, so I, yeah, don't know if I feel all that great about this. Uh, I'm going to actually switch my pick here. Uh, make sure I switch it in my spreadsheet as well. But I'm going to switch this pick here from the Seattle Seahawks to cover to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'm going to take Pittsburgh to win this game. Um, In for terms of the fantasy, Najee Harris, an RB1 based on volume for sure. Uh, Big Ben is in a decent spot. Played well last week too. So, um, you know, I, I think if you're like desperate, desperate, then yes. But that's only if you're like desperate. Uh, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool both have a ton of upside, especially now with Juju being out. We we obviously know this uh, for Seattle. I am approaching it this way. DK is the only guy I will keep in my lineup without question. DK Metcalf, right? Tyler Lockett is a wide receiver three flex option. Alex Collins is in RB3. Three makes a ton of sense this week, and uh, I think has a plug and play RB two. He should get volume, and I don't think I don't think the offense will be that bad. I I think you know obviously it won't be what it's what it's been, but I don't think it will be that bad. And Alex Collins will be in line for some touchdown opportunities. And this Pittsburgh defense got gassed. I mean, again, it was Javante Williams and. Uh, Melvin Gordon didn't didn't really gash him as much, but Javante Williams really tore up the Steelers' defensive front. And I think that Alex Collins can have a decent day uh, better than what he did last week against the L.A. Rams. So um, let's move on to this next game here, the last game of the week, Monday Night Football, 8.15 p.m., the Buffalo Bills, four and one, travel to Tennessee to take on a three and two Tennessee Titans. 53 and a half point total. Bills are four and a half point favorites. Uh, in terms of the injuries here, uh, Buffalo is mostly Buffalo's okay for the most part. I know that Matt Milano, he's questionable with this with this hamstring. So, um, you know, he was limited to practice for two straight days. So I'll be curious to see how he ends up, but uh in terms of the Tennessee side, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones were both full participants in practice. They are not, Neither one of them is on the injury report. I think this is what we've been waiting for here from this Tennessee offense. And I think, yeah, next week will be a good week. So um, when they take on Kansas City, of course. But Tennessee has a few guys questionable. Bud Dupree, Jeremy Nichols, uh, Kari Blazing, Blazing game, but most most for the most part they will be okay um, in terms of the game here. Gonna take the under. Gonna take Buffalo to cover. Gonna take Buffalo to win. Buffalo is on a roll right now. they I think honestly they're probably they're they're the best team in the league right now. I, obviously I know Arizona is undefeated, but uh, I don't think any team is playing better complete football than Buffalo. When you look at what they're doing offensively and defensively, you look at how well Josh Allen is playing uh, the weapons that they have at their disposal. I I think it's going to be hard for Tennessee to beat this Buffalo team, which Tennessee put a whooping on Buffalo last year, which I I know I referenced last week. You know, there was a game where Tennessee was basically hadn't had forced their bye week because they had a COVID breakout and, they hadn't practiced for like two weeks, but then they went to Buffalo and just put it on Buffalo. So I thought, you know, I think Buffalo is on like a revenge tour. They took down the Chiefs last week, obviously going to take down. Uh, I'm picking them to take down Tennessee this week in that revenge tour. So uh, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, top five plays this week. Uh, Zach Moss is an RB2 and he's played well uh, over the course of this, you know, this season. It was been a weird year for Zach Moss, started out inactive, uh, but since that game, he's been productive, especially if he's playing in, in well, he, I mean, he's catching passes as well. So whether it's half PPR or full PPR, I think Zach Moss is an RB2 for sure. Um, Emmanuel Sanders is a wide receiver too, with, with definitely upside for more. Uh, Cole Beasley is like impossible to trust right now. Uh, I Again, I keep talking about him on Ross St. Brown, but I would rather play him on Ross St. Brown than Cole Beasley uh, Dawson Knox, he's, he's definitely a tight end one. Um, so, you know, continue to roll him out there and I'm going to stay away from Devin Singletary. Hasn't been getting much usage. Uh, I know he had, he, you know, had two productive games to start the year, but hasn't been getting much, much work behind, uh, Zach Moss. So I'm going to continue to roll Zach Moss out there and, and just stay away from Singletary in terms of the Tennessee side. You know, Derek Henry is a monster, but Buffalo is dominant, so I expect you know you know the them to push back a little bit here and and maybe Derrick Henry doesn't have as big of a game as he's been having, but always in line to score some touchdowns. I think I don't know Taney's in a tough matchup this week, but I could still see him having a decent fantasy game with just how weird like I could see this game kind of being. I mean, a, AJ Brown is back. Uh, well, he's healthy it seems. Julio Jones is back. It, Ryan Tannehill could always use his legs. I think there's a world here where, um, you know, Tannehill has, has a good game, uh, from a fantasy perspective. And so, uh, AJ Brown steps in as a low end wide receiver one option. Julio Jones is a low end wide receiver three. Um, yeah, I think this will be a good game. I think this game and, um, it's probably the, yeah, this game and maybe the Cleveland Arizona game are probably the two, two best games on this slate that we've covered today. Uh, I obviously th- think there will be a lot of points scored in that Washington game, Washington Kansas City game. I just called it a Washington game. That was crazy. Uh, Washington Kansas City game. But let's get into this money time. He starts of the week here. Uh, moving on to the quarterback, my quarterback start of the week. I I know he was my streamer of the week, but I just had to do it, man. Taylor Heineke, I just had to because I think that's how great of a game he has. I, I, I have him down as my quarterback seven on the week. I and a half point total. Again, his defense is bad. The Kansas City defense is bad. Patrick Mahomes in this Kansas City offense should be rolling. Heineke will have to keep pace against this Kansas City, against the Kansas City defense that has allowed the quarterback two, the quarterback two, the quarterback seven, the quarterback four. And this isn't just a matchup play either. Heineke has been good in his four starts, finishing outside the top 12 just once, which was last week against New Orleans, you know, in a New Orleans defense that has only allowed a quarterback performance. One QB, one performance all year, and that was to Daniel Jones when he threw for over 400 yards. But either way, they've not allowed a quarterback one performance all year, and they played Aaron Rodgers to start the year. So start Heineke with confidence over guys like Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, very much into Taylor Heineke this week. Running back start of the week here, L.A. Rams. Daryl Henderson going up against the New York Giants. Henderson is the RB14 in PPR points per game right now, quietly having a really good season as the Rams lead back. He's in a prime spot this week against a Giants defense that is 14th the last three weeks in PPR points allowed to the running back position in, uh, per, per game, allowing 12% more PPR points per game than the league average. Henderson is 12th in touches per game at the running back position on the year with 17 and a half points per, or 17 and a half touches per game. This is a really nice spot for Daryl Henderson, very much into him this week. Moving on to my wide receiver start of the week, and gotta stack it up, man, give me Scary Terry, Terry McLaurin, going up against Kansas City, calling for the bounce back game here uh, for Scary Terry, who gets a Uh, gets to face a Kansas city pass defense that has been struggling versus the past. Kansas city is currently allowing the eighth most PPR points to the wide receiver position over the last three weeks. And that's just the remedy. The doctor ordered for the wide receiver. That's been up and down from, from one week to the next. And if we follow the pattern, even this is an up week for scary Terry. So uh, the matchup definitely helps the point total definitely helps. The offense on the other side definitely helps. Gotta love you, some Terry McLaurin this week. And then moving on to my tight end start of the week. Can't believe I'm doing this. I'm picking three players from Washington: Ricky Seals, Jones, going all in on the Washington football team this week. But you know, I I I mentioned the top streaming option this week was him or Daniel Dan Arnold. Dan Arnold is my stream. But I had to mention Ricky Seals Jones here in a matchup against this Kansas City Chiefs defense that allows the sixth most PPR points to the tight tight ends over the last three weeks. And according to PFF, Ricky Seals Jones ran the second most routes on the team last week, only to Terry McLaurin. So I'm all in on Ricky Seals Jones this week, who's filling in for Logan Thomas, saw eight targets as a result of that last week. In this game, with this pace, pushing the chips all in. And that rounds out my starts of the week here. Time to play some Get Money. So excuse me as I go over to my cellular device and go look at my FanDuel lineup. Uh, And this is nice because I don't have to fight with Greg about who I want to draft. I don't obviously you know the rules to get money. We usually only Oh man, uh Christian McCaffrey was just placed on injured reserve. So that uh not good news there. Uh that's breaking news that I just received on the pod. There Christian McCaffrey uh ending up on injured reserve. I'm tilting right now because I traded Chuba Hubbard away to the Christian McCaffrey manager and the League of Extraordinary People for Khalil Herbert. Obviously, Khalil Herbert will get a start, but I'm tilting. Anyways, my the rules of get money, you obviously, if you, you, you've been listening, you know. Craig and I go back and forth. We have a draft on a FanDuel lineup, and we can't pick the same players, so I don't have to worry about that this week. Moving on to my lineup here, and I will just go in order because, again, I don't have to do a draft, but at quarterback, I'm going Taylor Heineke, 7,300 on FanDuel. Again, talking about my quarterback start of the week, my quarterback stream of the week. Um, I'm going all in with Taylor Heineke. I, I got him a quarterback seven. So he's uh, he's definitely, he's, pri- he's priced way down there at 7,300. So again, I love the matchup. I love everything about it. The price is, is good. Give me Taylor Heineke. Moving on to my RB1 here. Uh, going with Austin Eckler at 8,400. Um, going up against the Baltimore Ravens. I've got him priced as my quarter, as my running, as a top five running back here. Uh, I almost gave out my PPR scoring, but I got to remember playing Fanduel, so uh, we'll see exactly where I have him here. But in terms of the running back rankings, uh, going up against this Baltimore Raven defense, I've got him as my RB three. Right, he's seeing volume, he's seeing receptions. Uh, going up against Baltimore, who hasn't been great against running backs. Obviously, we saw Jonathan Taylor have a great game against them. Um, Austin Eckler is is a phenomenal play and will continue to be such. So 8400, uh, I'm all in. That's you know he's priced below Dalvin Cook, priced below Christian McCaffrey, who's not even playing. So I'm I'm very much into Austin Eckler this week. And the RB two is going to be Daryl Henderson, uh, 70. Seventy-three hundred. Uh, he's getting volume. He's got the he's got the opportunities here against this Giants defense. That's just not a great, um, not a great defense against running backs. And so Daryl Henderson, my RB, uh, an RB one for me on the week, uh, definitely will get that volume that we need and those touchdown opportunities for sure. So definitely like that there. Uh, and then moving on to wide receiver. My wide receiver start of the week. You know, I had to stack it up. My wide receiver start of the week, Miko Hardman, 5,500. Um, oh, sorry, Miko Hardman. <laughs> Terry McLaurin, 7,400. Uh, again, fi- going to finish as a top five, top six wide receiver. That's where I have him projected this week. So, going to love uh, watching this game. And, and obviously, I'll be very invested. So, uh, and, Y'all, y'all will be too. I know you will. Whoever has Terry McLaurin and Taylor Heineke, um, but the court, actually, I know I had a slip up here and I mentioned Miko Hartman and I referenced him as my start of the week, but he actually was not going to lie here. He was a consideration for my start of the week. If Tyreek Hill didn't play, he definitely would have would have been in my start of the week, a wide receiver position. And it would have been more about like a confidence play. Um, and it still is. You know this is a confidence play. Me mentioning him right now. I know I talked about him the other day, and I'm talking about him right now. But I think Miko Harmon's in a great spot here to have a, you know, a definitely a wide receiver to finish this week. So he is my wide receiver two at 5,500 in a great matchup. Saw 12 targets last week. Uh, so you know I, I'm very much into Miko Harmon, especially with a potentially limited um, potentially limited Tyree kill. Um, and then my third wide receiver here is actually going to be Keenan Allen. Uh, I know I've been saying it like you. Know, Mike Williams is banged up. Keenan Allen's probably going to see a, an increased target volume because of that increased target share. And so I think Keenan Allen's going to be in a, in a, a uh, again, I, I'm not afraid of secondaries, especially when a wide receiver is seeing a 30% target share. I think that's that magic number where it doesn't matter what the defense, what defense you're facing, 30% of the targets. If you're going to see that, uh, and your defense, your team is down, and you're and you're going, that means you're going to see even more targets, right? So, I, I'm not, I'm very much into. Um, going against wide going with wide receivers, and a 30, who get 30% of the targets, and I think Keenan Allen will get that this week. Um, my tight end, come on, you guys, you know it, you know it's Ricky Seals Jones here, 50 or 5,000 for Ricky Seals Jones. Got him as a top six option this week, and he is priced way down there at five. 000. He's priced below. He's priced the same price as Logan. Thomas, who's on injured reserve, free money, Ricky Seals Jones did, and then in my flex spot, probably going to be the chalk of the week, Nick, uh, Kareem Hunt, with Nick Chubb being out, 7,400, yeah, I'm going to eat the chalk here, because I want the volume, like I said, he's the only player I want, Uh, is banged up himself, so maybe it's not, the the best play uh, I could go Jonathan Taylor who's actually not on the injury report and I think I'm gonna actually do that I'm gonna go JT because JT's not on the injury report and there's nothing to worry about there I'm um, I got the I got the money to do it we're gonna go JT 7500 so you see we flipped it right there uh, Dallas Cowboys will be my defense 4100 going up against the New England Patriots they played well I believe that I believe that um Trayvon Diggs will actually play and this defense will be will be good to go so with that being said everybody good luck this weekend get those dubs you know James Winston style eat those W's and uh yeah have a good one good luck we appreciate y'all, and we'll catch y'all on uh, Monday or Tuesday for those for that week six recap and those studs and those jags. Peace, everybody.